0: teaching friends from across the country
1: who've discovered that if you don't laugh you cry and lose sight of your why
0: i'm retta i'm deanne i'm tracy and i'm kathy and we teach so hard you know what's hard
2: sorting through a gazillion apps websites and resources that are available for distance learning
0: Well, I love how, you know, companies and websites and apps have all been so generous during remote teaching and distance learning. I mean, we were all so taken by surprise and kind of just thrown. Mm -hmm. Um, And many of those companies have given us free access through the school year, allowing teachers to try them out. So I know I found some great ones doing that Yes. The problem is, I think that sometimes I
1: felt like there were too many choices. Uh, um, you know, everyone was sharing things. Uh, I belong to a Facebook group for technology for my district and everyone's intentions were wonderful, sharing and sharing and sharing. Uh, but I felt a little overwhelmed. How do you know which one to try? Time is of the essence. You only have so much time. And how do you not overwhelm your students with trying new apps, new platforms, new, um, you know, websites. Uh, How do you do that? So today we've narrowed down the choices to our top four apps or platforms that we can't live without. And then later on in a podcast, Retta and Deanne are going to talk about some fantastic learning websites that your teachers or that your students can engage in.
0: Yes. So I, you know, quickly jumped on that bandwagon of creating teaching videos, um, Uh, of the content I would have actually covered during class because Mm -hmm. I wasn't with my kids. So for some of them, I used like a screencast uh, platform, Screencast-O-Matic, to record my voice over different PowerPoint presentations or slides that I would have normally presented in person to my kids. Um, Other times I used Zoom to film myself teaching live or doing read-alouds, but when I would meet with my class in our live Zoom meetings, that's um, mm-hmm. what they learned? Total silence, like crickets. <laughs> I thought, mm-hmm. oh. they also yeah. they watched it, but they obviously weren't watching to understand. They just kind of played it as if it were a movie, you know what I mean? And kind of spaced it yes. on, um, on their video. Background noise.
1: Yeah. So I I had similar experiences. And, and one of the things that I found, I didn't do a lot of time. I didn't spend a lot of time making videos of myself teaching. Um, but I did use an app to record my voice over PowerPoint and slides, uh-huh. um, as you did. But one of the things that I um, did do, I recorded um, my voice, doing read-alouds. But I I, I learned early on, I always had them do a response to what I was doing. And as long as they knew there was a response, and I went over the response before they watched, kind of like I would in a classroom when I say, okay, we're going to watch this video. This is what I want you to pay attention to. Um, That seemed to help a little bit, but it definitely wasn't the same.
3: Right. Tracy, I'm getting a little feedback. Back off from the computer a little bit. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Thank you. That's a a great idea, Tracy, to have them already know ahead of time what kind of response you're going to be asking. Um, So the one one of my top favorite um, websites that are platforms that I'm going to be using for sure, whether we're in the classroom or not, because I just found it so valuable, is called Ed Puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed my life. <laughs> so Edpuzzle is this platform where you can use your own videos that you've made, or you can even pull videos from YouTube or BrainPop or anywhere you normally would use teaching videos. And you drop it into Edpuzzle, and then you set up stopping points. And the video <sighs> literally will stop oh. at key points. And that's like when you would be discussing with your class usually, right? But yes. you can then insert... Either you talking, like you can insert insert audio or insert little um, quiz questions, and if you do it uh, multiple choice, it'll actually grade it for you, so you can kind. Oh oh my my gosh! You'll come up with a little grade, or you could do short answer where you can quickly scan it, um, and then they can't move on in the video until they've answered it.
3: Oh, Candy! That sounds amazing. Oh, that is distance teaching gold. Yeah, it's absolutely. And yes.
0: then also, if they weren't sure, like they did, if they didn't understand something, they can replay just that section. And just from using that, I found huge increase in kids participating when we did meet together to discuss what they learned. Um, They remembered the information and then they used it as a study guide as we progressed in whatever unit it was. um, They'd go back to rewatch the videos.
1: That sounds amazing. So was
0: this something you paid for or was it, did it have a free? They have, um, I found it because of the free option. Um, And then of course there's a paid option that you could um, like revise your videos or revise your questions multiple times um, so I ended up paying for it, but I think it's so well worth the cost. It was it was
3: great. It sounds like it is.
0: Too bad you can't get your school systems to pay for that. Well, actually, my school yeah,
3: did that? pay for it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your school did?
0: Yeah. I just asked. Uh, yeah. I said, This great. is what I'm teaching. I and they said, sure, we'll pay for it.
3: Oh, that is so, so encouraging. It was really to great. Hear. Teachers, try that first. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just, just
0: ask. ask. They oh, go. <laughs>
3: Yeah. My my
1: website app that um I've been using and I used it long before the, the digital the pandemic panic the pandemic panic hit us uh-huh. um is Ginzy and our our PTA actually paid for this for us and Ginzy um it was pretty cool. Um I discovered early on, usually I use it like as a smart board thing, so you can go in and there's all kinds of extras. There's a Jeopardy game that you can make your own categories and make your own questions and answers and how many teams you're going to have. So it's great for review. They've got, um, I pulled a lesson on multiplying fractions from it. Um, and, and these are all predictable things that you would have on a smart board, but in, um, the pandemic panic, I was able to go into presentation mode with Google meet and pull up a Ginsey lesson and teach my content that way using, um, the Ginsey website. And it's, it's pretty cool. You can, you have an opportunity to save lessons so that you have things organized in files. You can go back to those lessons that you used. You have the ability to, um, there's a timer. There's all kinds of cool features. um, that, that just really rocked my world. And I found myself using it in a totally different way than I did when I was in the classroom, but it was really beneficial. And I do believe that there is a free version of Ginzy as well. And Ginzy is G-Y-N-Z-Y. And they have stuff on there for all grade levels. You can tailor it, your search by grade level, and it will pull things up and it will tell you what standard the lesson addresses.
0: So wait, Tracy, so Ginsey is that, um, is it almost like a host site that, that, that has videos and lessons in it, or I'm, I'm not sure what it is. It's a website that has, um, it's not, it's not videos.
1: It actually has lessons in it and they're lessons that, um, are written by the site So, for example, um, my multiplying fractions one, it said it was geared for sixth grade and they showed the content standards for sixth grade. But it also um, addressed some of my fifth grade standards. So I used a portion of that lesson for it. And so it had things on it that I could drag that were like manipulatives. Uh And I could drag and show a manipulative model for multiplying fractions. Uh Now, in my classroom that would be up on the smart board and the kids would be dragging it.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but they Sounds have, like a great substitute for that.
1: Yeah. They had, they have math, they have language arts, science, social studies. Um, there's some really cool extra features. There's puzzles. There's all kinds of things that you can use. And um, as long as you were in presentation mode, the only drawback was that the kids couldn't be manipulating it; you had to be. Okay, that's what I was going um, to ask you.
0: Could they? Yeah. Can you assign it to them, and then they can use their mouse to move things around? No,
1: because they're not on the site. You're on the site. Okay, so you're four, the person. Four kids,
0: it's for teachers.
1: Right, and so in a classroom, I might bring up that same lesson I did with my students. And I'd have it projected. And that might be a math center while I'm doing small group instruction. There would be maybe five or six of them going through this multiplying fractions lesson and dragging the manipulatives around the screen. And, you know, and it asks questions. A lot of the lessons have questions and quiz things. It, it teaches them the concept. And then it, it says, okay, now you try on your own. And it takes them through what they've just learned. And they're trying to do it on their own. Um so it's, it's a pretty cool site, and it, it, it deals with all subject areas.
0: Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so these are two great apps for engaging students in content areas. So now we have two, our two favorite that actually will address ELA standards. Well, one of my favorites has to be getepic.com. Is it getepic or goepic? Get I If you Yeah. So epic books rocked my world. Um, I had loaded my students' information into epic at the beginning of last year because I heard about it at a PD I attended, and then I did nothing with it. And then the pandemic hit, right. and epic was my best friend. Um, because my students were um, accessing it from our school Chromebooks at home, they did, their parents didn't have to pay for a subscription or anything because they were using their school login. I can assign, I can go in, I can search for nonfiction and fiction text. And these are real books, like books that I would have on my bookshelf, right? Mm-hmm. I mean these are not um self-published kinds of things. These are books that kids can pick up at a library or off a of Scholastic News or a Scholastic yeah. book order. Current so, cur-
3: like current books.
1: Yes, current titles. Yeah, Dork Diaries, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Fire Within series. They even have um audible books that you know kids can listen to. Um and so you would go ahead and you would I can assign books. So I was talking about George Washington and how he led a spy ring, and we were getting into secret codes because we were talking. I was teaching the Revolutionary War, and I could um, assign. Look, there are these three books, and it tells you the level too. And you could assign these books to either certain students or to the whole class. I did to the whole class, and I said, pick one of these books to to read and look at. And be ready to talk about what you learned about secret codes. Um, so I could do it for just a portion of the class. It it has the potential for small group instruction at the beginning right. of the school year if we're not back in. Um, and
0: I then think in book clubs, you could do it that way too. Exactly.
1: Oh, uh, that would be
3: fabulous.
1: And then imagine, you know, I just saw Google Meets. Um, our Google Meets are starting to add breakout sessions to their platforms. So that means that you can do breakout with kids in small group instruction. And, you know, so if these five are reading this book and these five are reading that, you can go into those, those meetings and, and teach. Um, so yeah, Epic Books. And then here's what was really cool. So from the time my kids started using it and they loved it, um, Epic Books would send me an email telling me how many books my kids had read. Oh, I love that. It tracks. And, wow. and so It was like over 200 by the end of, and just from March till June. And I could, and I could tell the kids the statistics and they were pretty excited about it.
0: Did Tracy, did you ever have your kids take like those quizzes at the end of the books or anything? I didn't, these were regular books. I didn't see quizzes on Epic. Did you? Yeah. I thought there, I thought there was that you could assign.
1: No, I didn't see that. Um. No, I was, I I did not see quizzes, but I, like I said, I was using it for, um, reading and research, um, and we were doing projects with, with what they were researching. So I had a whole different kind of, uh, slant with that.
3: Um,
1: now there was another website I used called Studies Weekly, which is phenomenal. And they are science and social studies oriented, nonfiction, and they have um, an an issue for each state. Um, They were free for the pandemic. I used to get their hard copy newspapers, and that was phenomenal, too, because you could find research articles that were colored. It would read it to the kids. There was a little quiz at the end of each article. Um, It was interactive, and I used that in presentation
0: mode with my kids a lot, too, um, oh, that's good to hear it. Because I loved their actual physical paper newspapers that I used to get. Yes. I used to get it. Although I have to say they started coming so rapidly before I was ever finished with the previous yeah. one. I was like, oh my gosh, they just keep coming. Yes. Yeah, but they were oh. they were fantastic. And
1: they and they're, but you need to, you need to check them out if um, listeners and Kathy, yeah. because um, their online resources, I was very impressed. Very impressed.
0: Okay. I will do that.
1: So much there.
0: Yes. So I love that um, students can access the great books online, even if you don't have the physical books, especially with our library closed. Although I have to say oh I my. did I did end up doing a Scholastic book order because during the um, quarantine, Scholastic would deliver to your house. And so I had, students, oh. yeah, I had students who ordered books and then I just did a book delivery day where I dropped off their books, which was great. Um, but along with reading and of course writing my thing, my favorite app, the last three months has been Flipgrid. And mm-hmm. when I initially saw it like a couple years ago, even I thought, ah, oh, what is this? All the kids were just making these really silly videos, <clears throat> which I don't know. I, I wasn't sure how I would use it, but We've been using it a couple times a week, every single week for the last 12 weeks. And it allows um, students to record a video of themselves speaking up to 10 minutes long. And we've been using it for everything to reflect on our reading, uh, to make short speeches. Like they all research, they all read a biography on a famous Californian and then they in first person came dressed as that person. And mm-hmm. you know, what, what we used to have a whole um Living History Museum in person. <laughs> we uh-huh. actually did it through Flipgrid and then shared the link to all the parents so they could actually watch everybody. And they said they loved that. Um, I bet. But yeah, we've been using it for math problem solving and for demonstrating what we're making in our STEAM challenges.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I
0: mean, it really is endless. But it really kind of, I think, helped to solidify organizing the kids thinking and then being able to articulate their thoughts. Like their speaking skills got so much better over the course of the last three months. And you know, that's always, I don't know about your district, but in my district, we actually have to grade their speaking. Mm -hmm. This was like a perfect way to just be, you know, literally watching them grow um, in their speaking skills. Well, and um, and app- I bet it was easier for them too because they didn't have everybody just watching them. Yes, that's what they said they loved, and they could re record it if they needed to. Another um, mm-hmm. fabulous feature about Flipgrid is that students can record feedback videos to each other. So they can watch yes. a friend and then record a video back to them. Um, and then, as a teacher, oh. for me, it was so much faster because I, I could record a video and send them my feedback link so that rather than me stopping to write in their you know problem solving journals or whatever it mm-hmm. is i could give so much more feedback speaking for like 30 seconds 45 seconds and then send it right back to them so. you know
1: i first came across flipgrid i was at our michigan reading association conference last spring and of 2019 and kelly gallagher and penny kittle were presenting and they we're talking, they are secondary, but this is for our middle school listeners out there too. They had did a social justice project um, with kids across the country, and this was high school level. And they would ask, they would pose a question, a social justice question. And kids from all different backgrounds would weigh in on it. And they started to challenge each other respectfully. And it opened up this oh, huge dialogue mm. about... About race, about diversity, about social justice and civil rights, and it it really um, helped challenge the students' perceptions of the world. You know, they were able to 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 build some empathy. Um, if you're if for our listeners out there. Um, yeah, Kelly Gallagher and Penny Kittle. Their their project was really inspiring. In fact, they their project was the one that made me and uh, another colleague of mine um, look at teaching empathy, doing something similar um, with with discourse between our two fifth grade classes across the district. It's it was pretty cool.
0: It'd be great, um, Tracy, if we could get a link to theirs so that we could, you know, have our listeners be able to to watch that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a public link though, because it's, um, you know, it's, this is like a class. These were their classrooms.
0: Right, 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 right. They
1: wrote a book about it, however. um, And the book is phenomenal. It's called 180 Days. I think that's what it's called. Um, But it was, it was really good. And just, you know, just because someone teaches high school doesn't mean that what they're doing and how they're doing it can't be taken down to middle school or elementary.
3: Exactly.
1: Um, Yeah. It was really moving to watch. Mm. So I think Kathy and I have have told you our top four
2: um, or five things
1: that we loved, (laughs) top five (laughs) that we loved um, that helped us through the pandemic panic. But I know that Dan and Retta have a ton of stuff to share with you for some great distance learning resources. So let's go check in with them.
2: I taught middle school, and I have found a whole bunch. I'm only supposed to come up with a couple, but as everybody was saying, there's just so much out there. It's really crazy. Yes.
1: Okay, so (laughs) narrow it down. I'm already, I'm breaking out into an overwhelmed sweat. (laughs) I know. I know. know.
2: (laughs) Well, Tracy, you know, speaking about what you just said about, um, it's like civics. um, I found a wonderful site um, called icivics.org. And it's got all the kinds of stuff about, um, what's going on in the world today, you know, how you can relate to it and the different things that you can learn about it. And, um, oh, yeah, that's a I great think this would be, site. Yeah. I think it would be a great site for like, you know, older kids. I, I would assume, um, probably fifth and sixth graders could
0: find some stuff on that yes. too. I've used it with my um, fourth graders, Deanne also. Okay. Oh, and they, great. And yeah. It
2: well, yeah. Another good one I found is it's called, um, The Concord Consortium and its interactive STEM activities um, that are free for your free for your classroom and it's elementary, middle school, high school, higher education, and of course it's got physics and chemistry, life science, engineering, earth science, math. So it's um, a wonderful, wonderful site that I'm sure you guys could use definitely. And I guess we'll put some of these links in our in our um, notes in our show notes, yes, so people can see them. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see, there is one other that I just want to tell you about, and this one is called Great Websites for Kids, and it's got loads of things on it. I mean, it's got planetarium, um, it's got ELA kinds of stuff, It's um, it's got a Jewish children's learning network, <laughs> amazing space, um, folklore, the American Girl series, I know a lot of kids like that. Yes. So, I mean, I could go on and on with it, and it's got a homework helper, babysitters club page. So, um, definitely oh, I want check to see that, that
3: link for sure.
2: Yeah, it's a real good one.
3: So, yeah, yeah. So, Retta, you're on. I have two or Six or eight. Um, just, <laughs> I might, I might do two and just a blurb about a third. But um, I may not be teaching fourth grade anymore exactly. But my two favorite fourth graders, who do driveway visits with me every day, mm-hmm. had some great suggestions for us. And apparently, they love escape room challenges. Yes. And they've asked yes. me to create some escape rooms to keep them entertained this summer. If they're asking for those and really asking for them because school just ended, they must really be good, right? Mm -hmm. So until until I get off the couch, because I have my (laughs) own things I like to do there, and start creating, they recommend something called Breakout EDU. It was their favorite part of these last months of third grade this year. Uh, Whatever they didn't like, whatever made them sad when their teacher took them to breakout edu it was party time they loved it and it's just escape rooms but they're interactive they're online and they have some really great themes to them um there are apparently family memberships to this site available for the summer and what's good about that is that it's not just your fourth grader or your fifth grader who can play this the whole family can get involved in these escape rooms just That's as if yeah like yes. like if you went to visit one yeah you know, and um, also, so that that's that sounds like the best until you can go there in real life. But there are also some great escape rooms available on TPT. Don't forget to check out Socrates' Lantern. Lantern, I'm sorry, Socrates' Lantern. Oh, thank you. And, and, and coming soon to Rainbow City Learning because I've been working on it forever. Look in August, especially when you're shopping for back to school. So yes. that's one. Also, I may have mentioned this before, but I am so entranced by the Bitmoji <laughs> classrooms yep. that teachers are creating to use as choice boards and springboards to other learning connections. Social media right now is literally exploding with these collections that are there, teachers are making these up and posting them to share. Sharing them, it's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I've never seen anything like this. And for editing and integrating into your own, put your own Bitmoji in there or your kids and integrating into your own curricular plans for the new school year. Nothing, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but everything that I've been reading and listening to so far tells me you and your kids aren't going back to your classroom on the first day of school. Yep. You won't be delivering your lessons on your special carpet with you and your rocking chair and the kids at their collaborative tables after they leave your carpet. So, why not take a peek at some of these virtual classroom models? They come with carpets and rocking chairs. and Starbucks. <laughs> <It's laughs> an I saw one of the Starbucks. I got really excited. <laughs> exactly. Take a peek at them and see what you can use. These teachers are so generous. You might be creating some of your own and putting them up there for people. Yeah. Set, set up one or two for your own practice going forward. And if I'm wrong, or even when you do get back to the old normal, they would still make a really fun way to start your day in your real life classroom on
0: the whiteboard.
3: Just Mm -hmm. here's how our day's going to go. Let's click on this and that and see where it takes us. Very
0: fun. So So, it's like the Bitmoji version of ThingLink that I was talking about earlier.
3: Yes. Yes. It's so similar. And, and we'll tell you more about, Kathy will tell you more about thing links in next week. So <laughs> be sure and tune in then. And my third one, I'm just going to save. I'll, I'll tell you about it next time too. <laughs> Here's you a reason to come back right but, okay. yeah. On the
2: on the, on the bitmoji is there actually a website for that for all the information on that
3: there is a facebook page and i think i told you about it last week and it's something like bitmoji for educators yes. or something is that it oh, yeah. okay i got to check that out cuz i guess i forgot yeah yeah look that up on facebook and and these people are just so giving and another thing um, our our friend Amy, who has a store called Glitter Meets Glue and Photo Clips, she has two stores actually. I forget which one she's selling them in. Maybe Photo Clips. Um, she is selling all the components for um, these Bitmoji classrooms. So as long as you're not trying to resell what you create, if you're just using it in your own classroom, her stuff is great too for creating them if you get inspired. Sounds great. You know, speaking
2: of escape rooms, you know, I've been yapping about it. I've been telling you that I'm taking a course and I'm working on escape from Rome. And there's a few sites that are excellent with um, different kinds of puzzles because you want to make it really different for kids. So mine has um, puzzles. It's got um, like a little fake um, iPhone message. It's just very, very cool. Yeah. But I have a site called ProProfs.com. It's got games. It's got crossword puzzles. It's got Sudoku. And there's all these little things that you add to your escape room. Another Ooh. one that I've used is called Festi Site, And you can make fake licenses. It's like, you know, you like give messages to kids and they have to um, answer questions or decipher a code in order to get there. And this, this has some just wonderful ideas like fake licenses. You can uh, do fake headlines, newspaper headlines. And um, there's fake another one. Fake <laughs> Yeah, fake <I'm> news. i sorry, <laughs> I
3: couldn't resist. Yeah, I don't know.
2: And just one more that's a good one is I've done this a couple times. You take a picture of something, and, like, I've taken a picture of, like, of the Coliseum in Rome. And what they do is there's something called jigsawplanet.com, And you can put your picture there and it'll turn it into a puzzle and you'll add a message on it and stuff. So it's very, very cool. Did it turn it into like a digital puzzle or? Digital puzzles. Yep. Jigsawplanet.com. And, and, you know, you could even as a, you know, just doing, you don't even have to do an escape room, but use this and you could make a questions or something on the puzzle for the kids to have to answer or or do things. So yeah, it's really good.
1: Well. Ladies, we're almost out of time, so let's go ahead and transition. What's your number one tip for sorting through all the many wonderful apps, platforms, and resources? I mean, it could be worse. There could be nothing out there to support us. We are blessed that we have a lot, a wealth of, of things that we can dip our, dip our instructional toe into. So let's talk about that. What is your number one?
3: Well, I'd say to ask some of the kids that you have already worked with this year to tell you what they enjoyed or got the most benefit from and be sure to incorporate that again. Kid tested and kid approved is always a good idea. Mm, yeah. And my and my other suggestion is listen to some of the suggestions we just gave you. Try them out if you haven't already. <laughs> I mean, right. we're, we're not just here for our um, own. Oh, well, we do have fun, though. Anyway. <laughs> try, try some of them.
0: Yes, uh, I agree with you, Retta, Because um, on our last day of of school, you know, quote unquote school, I did ask the kids what was the best, um, what was the best things that we did. What did you love the most? What should I do for sure next year? And for example, all of them said Flipgrid. So mm-hmm. I'll do that too. Um, and
3: wouldn't you do that on the last day around the carpet anyway? Yes, sure, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So
0: do that. So that was definitely a kid approved. And I think too, I, as teachers, we need to think of what's our end goal. Like, what do we want to use a platform for um, to help yes. us? You know, so that, be that, for, yes. Be thoughtful. Yes. Yep. How about you, Tracy?
1: Um, I think that mine would be, um, you know, don't think that you have to do the shotgun approach where you're like, blah, 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 you know, I've got to do this. i got to do this. i got to do this. Um. Mm. Choose choose, choose, th- do what Kathy said. Think about the, the, the end, the goal that you you have for your kids, the learning goal. And then maybe choose two or three and say, you know what, I'm going to become an expert in these. Right. And use them like a master. Um, because you know what, your kids will get so much more out of that than you trying every last new thing that comes down the The turnpike, and you're feeling, you know, because that can that can be overwhelming for you and your kids. Pick two or three, stick to it, um, because you're gonna. Quality is more important than quantity.
3: Yes, absolutely. absolutely.
1: Now, what am I gonna say? (laughs) I'm done. I mean, really,
2: you you guys have it all, and I just, you know, be really familiar with what you're giving them to do. Um, I guess that's the only thing that I can really add. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And and introduce them one at a time. That's how you keep it exciting. You're going to overwhelm the kids as much as you're overwhelming yourself if Mm -hmm. you try six new Mm -hmm. things all at the same time.
2: And also, you know, like it yourself. Enjoy it yourself. If you you find something that's
1: boring to you, it's going to be boring to them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, listeners, this is all we have time for today. So be sure to check out our blogs in the show notes. If you like what you hear, give us a shout out, leave a comment, give us five stars on your listening platform. Next week, be sure to stop by again, because we're going to be talking about digital projects for back to school with your students. We all have our pet projects that we love to build self-concept and getting to know your students. And we all have those. Every teacher on the face of this planet does something like that in August and September when the school year starts. So if you're coming back digitally, what are you going to do to fill that void? Well, we, the four of us, we got you covered. We've got tons of ideas for you. So we do. uh Uh-huh. We're never short on ideas. So be sure you check back because you teach so hard.